If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn to Philippians, the last chapter of Paul's epistle to the church in Philippi, written from prison in Rome. It's an unlikely place to write something that talks about joy when you're in prison. You can't have, you don't have anything in control in prison. Now, I haven't been in prison, uh, but I've been in the military, so <laughs> you can't exactly quit. Yes, you can. Not when you're on ship in the middle of the ocean. Where are you going to go? Walk the plank? I mean, so, uh, and, uh, and I am married, you know, so I, I can't just quit. You know, that third ring, right? You've got the engagement ring, the wedding ring. And the suffering, right? No, no, but we have a good marriage, right? Just having it. So here's some ex- unexpected joys. I'd like to speak this evening on joy. And I love my wife. I really do. On joyful. There's a word joyful, and that's what it means. Full of joy. That's what it means. If you look it up. So there are unexpected joys about being on the other side of 70, like when you get older. Okay. So here's some of the joys of getting older. (laughs) Kidnappers aren't very interested in you. (laughs) In a hostage situation, you will probably be released first. See, this has got some joy of getting older. No one expects you to run into a burning building or to run at all. There's nothing left to learn the hard way. That's one of the joys of getting that old. You enjoy hearing about other people's operations. You have a party and the neighbors don't even realize it. You quit trying to hold your stomach in no matter who walks into the room. Your vision won't get any worse. Your joints are more accurate meteorologists than the National Weather Service. Gonna rain! And your secrets are safe with your friends because they can't remember them either. (laughs) Or if you have ADHD, you can be like that guy that says, I often worry about my attention span, but not for long. (laughs) So we like to give an introduction to being joyful. Now, the thing about the devil and the thing about God is they both want to fill you up. When you go to the filling station, that's what they used to call the gas station, right? You go to get filled up. No one would push their car into a gas station and then go get a soda and then push their car down the road, right? You go to get filled up with the right thing. So the devil wants everything that God wants, but you know that the devil's not gonna fill you with the same thing that God fills you with, okay? So the Bible says in this epistle of John, so it looks like the number one and then John, 1 John chapter one and verse four. And he he explains why we're writing things in this epistle. And he said, and these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. So preacher, what is this fullness of joy? Well, let me tell you first, joy is not happiness, okay? It is not subject to emotions. 
And it's not subject to external stimuli. It's not subject to little green pieces of paper with, with presidents on them. It's not a subject to that. So you've maybe heard that happiness and joy are interchangeable, like they're the same thing. But really they're not. Sometimes they seem similar. But like if you buy an aftermarket part and you buy the actual part, it's not the same thing. Okay? I bought the aftermarket oil cooler hose. Okay? They gave me a coil of hose. Okay? That's not what my hose looks like. My hose is preformed and it looks like you're uh, taking a trip down a country road. It's up, down, and there's a turn here and it's around here. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to put this coil of hose in there, okay? Happiness and joy are not the same thing. See, the word happy comes from the old word H-A-P, hap, which means like happenstance. It means uh, it's something that comes suddenly, by chance, by accident, by good fortune. But joy is not an emotion. Now, let me, let me put it more like this. Joy is more like a quality. It's a quality. The source of the believer's joy is God. See, you know, you can have joy on a Monday. Say, preacher, you can say TGIF on Monday, right? Thank God I'm forgiven. And it's Monday. I love Mondays. That's like my favorite day of the week. I mean, I, I love Sundays too, but because, uh, you know, we have church and worship God and I love to meet new people. But Mondays are fun for me. Why? It's just another day to worship God. And everyone else is having a really bad day, so it seems like my day is really good. You know, on Fridays and Saturdays, everyone kind of meshes in because all the people that don't believe God are spending money and getting all these external stimuli and, uh, you know, adding chemicals to their body in the restaurant. So they might feel good. But man, on Monday, Christians stand out because Christians are just like, hallelujah for no reason at all, right? Except that we have joy in Jesus. So... There is joy in God and in his promises and by the strength of his character. That's why you can have joy. And joy is simply bliss. Have you ever seen a kid that's happy with very little? They're happy with like a little Tootsie Roll, one penny candy, right? And they're like, whoa! Well, you know what? Christians are happy with less than a Tootsie Roll. We're just happy in God. It's joy. It's bliss. So... There's a song, and you may have heard it, but it talks about being full of joy. So I'm not going to sing it to you. I'll spare you. I was singing this uh, altar call one time years ago, and believe it, I was singing an altar call, and the preacher stopped me. I mean, he was like, brother, brother. I mean, he did it nicely, right? But he's like, stop, stop. I think I was sending people back to you know, the life of sin or something like that. But anyway, so I didn't have the, the right singing voice, right? But you can still have joy. So that was my last time I think I sang altar call unless I helped my wife and she makes her laugh and makes Sister Nikita laugh. At least the preacher can be comic relief, okay? But the song says, joyful, joyful, we adore you. God of glory, Lord of love. Notice where the focus is. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm enjoying God. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, before you, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. That's what joy is. Now notice what day of the week doesn't matter. How much money did he have? 
Doesn't matter. Did he have an argument with his wife? Or did she have an argument with her husband? Did they get their reservations for dinner? Doesn't matter. Joy, you don't have to have any of that stuff go right. And you know what? A lot of times, God's got a blessing right around the corner if you'll just keep the right attitude. Let me tell you, with God, let me tell you how I know this, okay? (laughs) The attitude is the test. God doesn't care about the other stuff as much as our attitude. Well, how do you know that you failed? You get to do it again and with the right attitude. So you can do that with your kids. I do that with my daughter. If she has the wrong attitude, like go back out, try it again, come back in again. Why? Because the attitude is what's important. You know that God has good things for us. Uh, I remember we went to a, uh, uh, a restaurant. Uh, Buca de Beppo. And we were late, right? And they said, we have a seat in the kitchen. And we're like, ugh. Okay, we'll go in, in I, where you like sit by the bathroom. They sit you in the kitchen. I didn't know that there was a seat in the kitchen, okay? Did anyone know this? Has anyone been to Buca de Beppo Italian restaurant? So they're like, there's a seat in the kitchen. We're like, okay, okay, we'll take it. You know, because it's the only, you know, we were late. We were late. So we went in there. And there's one table that's in the kitchen and it's elevated. It's the best table in the house. They come and show you the dishes before they bring them out. And they joke, these are our owners, you know, when people come in because everyone walks through that area and we're like smile like we own the place. So it was awesome. And you know what? But if we had had a rotten attitude about it, it would have felt really bad. But we just, I just remember like saying, well, praise God, you know, we're here. We're late. We'll take it. And it was awesome. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, said, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Why? There was a promise that Jesus was going to be born. Hadn't happened yet. But in Luke chapter 1, she's like, I'm already rejoicing. I'm rejoicing by faith in what God has promised. So the Bible says in Psalm 16 verse 11, and yes, I'm going to start Philippians chapter 4. But Paul, the, uh, the psalmist, excuse me, writes... Thou wilt show me the path of life. Here's where joy is. In thy presence is fullness of joy. If you need joy, you just got to get in God's presence. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why prayer is so important. That's why reading the Bible is so important. That's why not getting wrapped up in the wrong things is so important. Why? Because it'll take you away from the presence of what? Well, I don't want to be in the presence of God. Many people don't, but we all want fullness of joy. I want joy. That's what I need. And the Bible says at thy right hand, are, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, not only can God bring us joy, God can bring the noise. God can bring the blessings. God can bring the goodness. And so let's chart Philippians chapter four. So joyful or joyful. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, My joy, Paul says, and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. The same one that said, having done all in Ephesians chapter 6, stand. You know, that's exactly what God wants us to do, to stand fast in Christ. You know why? Your blessing's on the way. And I, I can say that. And they say, preacher, I don't believe it. I believe it. But not only that, I've seen it. I've seen it to where God, like it seems he holds the garden hose and the water doesn't come out and he lets it go and it goes 
Nefka and it just like gets you, right? It just like holds the garden hose and then lets it go and all the blessings of God come out. The Bible says, I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche. These are two ladies in the church in Philippi. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. Evidently, circumstances were happening and these two ladies were not getting along. You see, because two ladies or a husband and wife, when something unfortunate comes up, the husband wants to handle it one way. The wife wants to handle it one way. The sister wants to handle it one way. The other sister wants to handle it another way. And there are arguments that arise. No, it's not happened to any of you, right? But the Bible says, let them be of the same mind in the Lord. Why? We got to keep our joy. Amen. Say, preacher, but what do you do if you have an argument? Say you're sorry and hug appropriately in the appropriate relationships don't do this with another or with a brother but kiss and make up if it's your husband or your wife how many times do you do that man i do that all the time didn't i do that i didn't kiss and make up we hugged and make up so if i hug my wife my daughter runs from wherever she is and she comes and jumps in the hug pile you know if the, the greatest thing you can do for your children is to love their mom if you're a husband the greatest thing you can do for your children, if you're a dad, is to love... That's right, I'm, I'm backwards, right? The greatest thing you can do is love your children's father if you're a mom because it gives children stability. Hug them a lot. What do they do? They'll say, oh, that's normal to hug, and they'll want to hug. And you say, well, preacher, why is that so important? I was talking to my daughter about Christmas, and, you know, being blessed is getting something. You get something, it's a blessing, right? You know that the Bible said there's a way to be more blessed. See, I'm more blessed. Why? The Bible says, that's what Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He said, preacher, I don't believe that. I know. Some people don't, but I do. And guess what? It is a blessing to give. And uh, so we've been talking to her about Christmas and stuff, and she goes, this is, she doesn't get it yet, but that's okay. But it is a blessing to be a giver. Why? Well, first of all, giving is a beginning. When you receive something, that's it, right? But Jesus said, give in Luke chapter 6, and it shall be. It's, it's, it's a spiritual law given unto you. Now, I just enjoy, enjoy the giving, but God, he always keeps his, he always keeps his, it's, it's in nature, right? You put a seed in the ground and you get more back. Then you put in there. I mean, it's a natural law too. So, but it's a blessing. So the Bible says in verse three, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And you know, the most important thing in the world are people. And uh, it did not Paul say, you're my joy and you're my crown. The Bible says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. The word always, if you translate it from the Greek, it's every when. <laughs> I like that. Rejoice in the Lord every when. But it's like all the time, be full of joy. And again I say, rejoice. And then he says, let your moderation to be, be known unto all men. Let your life shine to people of the way that you have control when bad situations happen. And you know that uh, I remember that I was at a construction site and I said something and this guy said, what'd you say? What'd you say? 
because he knew I was a Christian. And I said, I said this. I don't know what I said, but it wasn't bad. And he goes, oh, I thought you said this. You know, and he probably said the word. And I said, you know what? If it's not in there, it's not going to slip out. But people are looking for your moderation because things go wrong in all of our lives, right? The, you know, circumstances change like the weather in Florida. It'll be 80 and then 50 and raining, you know. But one day changes with the next. But we have that moderation to where we can always have joy no matter what's going on. I remember, and it says the Lord's at hand, my pastor, Pastor uh, Rodriguez, he was in the military and he wasn't a Christian. Fort Lewis, Washington. And they were standing like in formation in the rain. And he said there was this one guy that just had this like beaming, shining. What was he? He was like, that guy was a Christian. What church did he go to? It's not your church that you go to. It's the God that you serve. It's the joy that you have. Churches don't issue joy. You ask someone where they go to church. Well, I go to this church. This is the pastor's name. Look, spiritual resumes don't get you anywhere with God. Okay? You've got to be hooked up with Jesus. Amen? Uh, you know, when you leave church and someone looks at you in the south and say, you got the shine. That's what you're looking for. They're like, man, joy is just coming off of you. That's what people need. So verse 6, be careful versus being joyful. There's two things you can be full of. Remember I said the devil wants us to be full of worry. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But it's easy to say, isn't it? But in everything, say, what if the plane's going to crash? Well, I won't have to make my next rent payment. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's morbid. Hey, I'm going to die sometime, and so are you, unless the Lord comes back, okay? But you can have joy. Amen. But in everything, so in everything, remember joy all the time? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. That's a trust, right? That's faith. Let your request be made known unto God. Song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And then it says, what a privilege to carry. Have you ever heard that song? Everything to God in prayer. Everything. Oh, what a peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Needless. You don't have to face that. I've been worrying all day. That's needless. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And the, verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. That means that there's no way that you should have peace. Shall keep your hearts and minds through what? Circumstances? No. Joy. Christ Jesus. He gives joy. There was a survey, and I don't know how they survey this, but I'll just read it to you. It indicated by Dr. Walter Cavert, C-A-V-E-R-T. Only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. 8%. The other 92% were imaginary, never happened, or involved matters over which people had no control. So, I mean, that's a statistical analysis. That you're wasting your time worrying. Really? Now, if you want to worry about something, that's needless pain. If you want to just be a glutton for punishment, but I just want to have joy and drink coffee. Amen? That's what I want to do. So, in that order, right? Joy first, then coffee. Finally, brethren, your mind is the key here. Okay? Verse 8. 
Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, these are categories. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. And you can, and it says if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And you know, including what you watch and what you listen to, filter it through that. Because those thoughts go in your head. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. If I want the peace that goes with that joy, I just have to keep my mind on God. Say, preacher, but that's work. Brethren, it is work. In this age of, you know, constant bombardment from our phones, I sleep now. My phone stays on the opposite. I put it downstairs and plug it in far away from the bed. Why? Because I don't want to mess with it. When I lay down, I don't look at my phone for an hour. Why? Because I want to sleep in bed. I have to get up the next day. I want to actually... Now, I'm not saying that everyone else needs to do that, but I want to be stressed out with every ding. When you get older, you don't know if that is coming from a muscle spasm. If you have it in your... In your, you don't know if that's coming from your tummy. You get that, was that my phone or was that my tummy? Right, something in there. But the Bible shows us we can keep our mind on Jesus. And you know, it is simple. Sometimes I just don't need to go back to that website or I don't need to go watch that thing again. Why? Because I want my joy and I want my peace. It's there, it's real. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. There's an example. Thank God for the Christian. And you know what? God wants you to be one. (laughs) That's the greatest vitamin, right? For Christians, be one, right? We need to take our be one. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice, verse 10, in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Now notice the context. He's not be like, oh great, they're making an offering to the preacher. That's not what he's, so we have to see the context. Wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Isn't there a, isn't a Georgia a country state of mind or some song like that? I'm in a country state of mind or Georgia state of mind or something like that. Whatever state I'm in, I, there's a song. But you know, whatever state I'm in, I want to be in a content state of mind. I want to be content with what God gives me. Content people don't always have the best of everything, but they make the best of everything. When we got married, we had like a bed. And that's only because I bought that because that's important when you get married. Okay. That's anyway. So, Hey, I'm sorry, but that's just what we didn't have a table. We had cardboard. And I remember my parents came over and they were so excited to sit at this little box of cardboard. And I wasn't excited, but they remembered back when they didn't have anything. You know what? See, all we need is love. But you know what? That's kind of how you start off in a lot of marriages. And it was all right. So I still remember that. I mean, a lot of meals, but I don't remember what we ate. But I remember the little cardboard thing sitting on the floor. So anyway, so uh, the Bible says, and I want to bring this context out. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed. Listen, God's teaching us both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Why do I need to face all these circumstances so you know that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me? 
You know, Warren Wearsby, the, he's a great Christian writer, he said that all nature depends on hidden resources. You know where the tree gets its nourishment? From an invisible source under the ground. You know, in Psalm 1, where it talks about he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, he gets his resources where people can't see him. Where's his joy come from? Jesus. Not from the wallet. Jesus. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again to my necessity. So this church was sending offerings to the Apostle Paul. Now, listen, this is the context. Not because I desire a gift, but because... I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul was so excited that they were becoming givers. Why? Not for his sake. He was in jail, okay? And he was in jail for preaching the gospel. He could have had a big church and just preached about love and peace and stuff and not preached about Jesus and crucifixion and holiness, but he preached the whole gospel. And it got him kicked in jail. But... He was, he was excited to see them growing. When I see someone pay their tithe, I'm like, man, they're growing as a giver. And notice what happens. He said, I want fruit to go to your account. Not just money, but he said, I want you to get the blessings from being like Jesus because for God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. Jesus is a giver. And when you see people like when my daughter wants to be a giver and give something, I'm like, you go, girl, because I'm realizing you'll get more joy out of life being a giver. That's why you want to marry someone or be in a relationship with someone who's a Christian, who's not just concerned with receiving, but who has a joy in giving, right? Because no one is ever going to support you as like a, my husband going to make me happy and other lies, right? There's a book. I have it. It's called everything that men know about women. It's a book. And there's like not a word, right? It's like all blank pages. It's a joke book, right? There's not a word written in the book, right? So we'll never understand one another, but, but I know that my joy can come from Jesus. And I know that I can help others with the joy that I have that comes from where? Jesus. And then we can support one another and lift one another up in a marriage. But the Bible says, but I have all and abound, excuse me, I'm full. There you go, full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So he was thankful. You know, you can be thankful for earthly blessings too. And then he said, but notice, he said, but my God, now this is a secret of the Christian's joy, and it never changes, shall supply all your need. Where does, the, where does our joy come from? Not just from some knowledge that there's a Jesus, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This one missionary said, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Could you kill a few of them, you know, and sell them? You know, God can. Yes. He can. That's joy. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. So folks were getting saved when he was in jail. He was close to some of the 
the hierarchy of the throne of, of Caesar. So they were getting saved right under Caesar's, under Caesar's nose. People were hearing the gospel. Someone said that they, were, they had chained Paul between two soldiers and they kept getting saved and had to switch him out. And he was just like populating the castle with Christians. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. It's how he ends his epistles. Now notice this. There's a quote I'd like to leave you with. When God's work is done in God's way for God's glory, it will not lack for God's supply. That's by a man named Hudson Taylor, missionary to China. But also this Christmas season. And if you just bow your... I'll just pray and we'll dismiss here. But this Christmas season, Lord, as we bow our heads and we can make up our mind to have joy and to be full of joy through the circumstances, the rain, the sunshine, the cars that act up, the people that act up, the traffic that acts up. Lord, that we can have the Spirit of God to act up. God, that we can look up, that we can lift up our hearts, and Lord, we can receive the the joy and the accompanying peace that passes all understanding. And God, we can realize when everyone else is stressed that we can be blessed by the very best because we've carried everything to the Lord in prayer. And God, we give you the glory and praise and ask that, Lord, that you would help us to spread a little joy this season in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.